It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, April 13th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is celebrating. Today is the last game, Russ. Is celebrating the right word? Yes, celebrating is the right word. Yes. All right. We're going to preview tonight's uh, final season matchup against the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to do a prospect profile on Ethan DeYoung from Quinnipiac and get to your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Flyers. That is where you'll keep up to date with our episodes. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail. And that is how you can ask us mailbag questions like we're going to get to today. Subscribe or follow on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Russ, there was one bit of news uh, that we did not get to on yesterday's show, and that was that the Phantoms sent uh, Zade Wisdom down to the Reading Royals. And I know we had talked uh, on Tuesday's show, on our Phantom show, about you specifically saying you wanted to get him in the lineup for the Phantoms and get him the playoff experience. Yeah, I mean, end of the day, otherwise, why didn't you just have him go back to the OHL this year? You know, he, he, he didn't play a full AHL season. And now you're shipping him out for the playoffs. So it's like, how is this a good year of development for him? Like, it just it just doesn't make sense. He's 20, and, and it could affect a 20-year-old. Yeah, I, I do worry about that, that it's just going to, you know, make him, you know, upset or that he can't, he, he feels like he doesn't have any confidence in his game. Um, now, you know, on the upside, the Royals are in the playoffs for the ECHL, right. so he'll get more games in down there. That's for sure. And he has played well when they've sent him down. It's just that they haven't, like, I think, made consistent room in the lineup for him. And and for him, he's a guy that needs to play day in, day out. Absolutely. He can't, yeah. he can't get benched. Like It was very clear when he was in the OHL uh, that the more games he got, the better he played. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's the kind of player he is. And if you want this guy to be an impact power forward, you've got to help him develop in the early part because, again, he's just 20. So it's like, all right, so now he's sort of getting the Mason Millman treatment. Great. Yeah, which is ironic because Mason Millman got called up for one game to the Phantoms. Wow, but one game. <laughs> I know because they were lacking some demon at that time due to injury Fantastic. and illness. But uh, switching gears over to tonight's Flyers game against the Chicago Blackhawks, last game of the season. I'm honestly a little bitter. It's a later game, but um, that's what happens when you play on the road. Yeah, this is stuck in your call for sure. Yeah, but uh, I think that it's just such a fascinating game because it is the last game of the season for both teams. 
Uh, and the previous game that the Blackhawks played against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday was absolutely incredible. They won five to two. The Pens just completely collapsed and they were kind of like a, in a win and in situation for the playoffs. And they just completely collapsed. Um, and at the same time, Blackhawks fans were really upset because it knocked Chicago down in the lottery odds. So it was like nobody was happy with the outcome of that game. Nobody was happy. I listened to the post game for the Penguins and Phil Bork was really giving it to him. I mean, but look, Morazic sometimes has good moments and he had a lot of good moments in that game. That's what these things, you know, none of these things are ever a lock. Just because it looks like, you know, you have one game left and all you got to do is beat this team to get in. Well, that team sometimes wants to play the game of their lives, too. And, you know, you got a problem if that happens. The Penguins do get another game, but they have to see what happens with the Islanders, Canadians. So, you know. Yeah. The, on the Blackhawks side of things, you know, now they still have more regulation wins than Columbus and Anaheim, even, even though as of recording, they're tied with Anaheim in points. And so, you know, as far as getting the best chance at lottery odds, it's in their best interest to lose this game to the Flyers. For the Flyers, it doesn't matter. But, you know, you you, know, you can't really count on the Flyers. I guess Flyers. it matters to the assistants that are running the team and not the head coach. Well, there is that. And uh, if memory serves correctly, based on what John Tortorella said, Daryl Williams should be behind the bench for the Flyers for this game. So not a lot of Tortorella time uh, running the show in the waning games of the season. And as you know, they're getting their last evaluations of these players, you know, to some degree, I think he's doing that from upstairs or from wherever he's watched the games, but it's different than coaching them and understanding, you know, who's really going to be in it for them for the next season when you're in these kinds of games that don't really count toward anything. Are they still dedicated? Okay. And well, I, it, it's hard to say, you know, when you're not behind the bench. Right. All I can tell you is I've been watching hockey for a very long time and I've never seen a coach not coach the last two games of a season. Like I've never seen that. Yeah. Coaches need to coach. If you want to do your evaluations, like you said, do it from behind the bench. Yeah. Even if you're letting the assistant coach run the show in terms yeah. of calling the lines and making mm -hmm. decisions, be there, be there, you know, be there with them. So you're seeing firsthand what's happening with the, with the players. And um, I think it's very possible to let somebody else run the bench with, sure. with you still on it. And I think that would have been a better approach for him to take in at least a few of these games. I mean, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking for this show, um, maybe for the next show, I'm going to let one of my dogs sit in for me so I can kind of see how the <laughs> whole show runs. And then I mean, uh, it, it might be cuter, but, you know, <laughs> I just I just think it's a good idea. This way I can yeah. evaluate the show better that way. Well, I certainly know my cat has some thoughts, so uh, maybe we'll sub her in at some point as well. Um, that is very funny. Um, you know, looking at the Chicago team, uh, it, it's kind of funny and kind of not funny in a lot of ways. Ever since trade deadline, obviously they made a bunch of moves. They're in a very clear rebuild. The only like 
couple of names really left on the team that are strong factors are Jonathan Taves and maybe Seth Jones. And the and Jonathan Yeah, those are the two Yeah, I, I I wonder what Jonathan Taves' future looks like uh as a hockey player, just given he has struggled a, a lot and He's had so, had struggles post COVID. So yeah. I think he may retire. That's what I'm Yeah. Thinking. I think so too. So it, it would be kind of wild if this was the last game we ever saw Jonathan Taves play in. Yeah. Um against the same team that he woke up against. Yeah. I mean, he won a cup against the Flyers, so you you wonder if like yeah. all of a sudden he'll summon it up and and get like a two goal game going out against the Flyers. Wouldn't shock me. No, not at all. Um, I was looking at their lineup, and honestly, like I, I maybe know who one of their bottom six is. No, but you know, it's funny, like people, we were talking about it on another show, and apparently the uh, they play better than you think they're going to, like even though they're not, you know, a well-known team. So, you know, sometimes, like, this is a, again, this is a test, you know, for the Flyers and, you know, go out there, beat them. But, but again, my, my issue is this. They, they, they beat Columbus. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But John Tortorella wasn't coaching. So now if they win this game and John Tortorella isn't coaching, how do I possibly put the spin on it that, well, the team ended really well at the end of the year with John Tortorella behind the bench because he wasn't behind the bench. It's a very, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to be disjointed to figure that out. And the one thing that I'm kind of feeling is like, maybe it's like a breath of fresh air for the media because, you know, the post game coach is, more verbose and you get more answers but like what's the motivation for these for these guys tied up to long-term contracts to to play like their hair is on fire for the assistant like that's that's what i wonder and it's no offense to the assistant but it's just human nature yeah i think uh that's a real good point there i think that you know while we're getting good information from these assistant coaches um, trying to figure out how to attribute their play at the end of the season is, is a real question mark. Yeah. I, think. I mean, cause even, you know, at the end of the year, if you start asking the players, well, you know, how were these last couple of games? They're going to be like, well, yeah, you know, it was with the assistant and yeah, it's, an, it's kind of like having John, but it's a little bit, you know, it's like, it just muddies everything up. Yeah, it, it really does. As an example, just quick example, like last three games, no points out of Kevin Hayes. Two of those games were, Carl, you know, the assistant coaches were there. Shots on goal in the last three games, seven shots in three games. Like, you know. That is not quality there. But, no. you know, he already kind of thinks he's on the way out, and so he's playing like it. Right, and that's my basic point is if that's happening, how many other players is that happening with? Well, we'll see what happens with this game. We're going to talk about it on tomorrow's show. But up next, we are going to talk about one of the standout players for the national champion Quinnipiac team in the NCAA, and that is Ethan Dion. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try Built Bar 
My goal has been to eat a little healthier this year, but I'm not someone who can compromise on taste. So if you're like me, Built is just the thing for you. Healthy is actually tasty. And what makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. On the healthy side, they're only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, but have 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. They've got four bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're a Sam's Club member, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. You can thank me later. So Russ, Ethan DeYoung, he is a winger for Quinnipiac. Uh, He's on the older side right now. He elected to take that extra year of eligibility uh, due to COVID. So he's a grad student actually in his fifth year. Yeah, if you're a grad student in any sport, you can get that extra year. And that's a good thing. I mean, it's good for the team. It's good for the player because... You know, he gets a little more time to figure it out. You get more of an education. Like, it's a positive for everybody. Yeah. And uh, I did see a post uh, about uh, him that he played 183 games for Quinnipiac, which is a record for a player with one NCAA team because he played pretty much every game and they had postseason runs uh, in the tournament. So, um that is a lot of games to play in college hockey and a lot of quality development time. It is. And and so, like, this is my contention. Uh, and I forget the Flyers, the player that the Flyers signed from, you know, Mankato and gave an AHL deal to. This is the kind of player I would rather give an AHL deal to, and I'll tell you why. So he's just coming off a championship. He is a graduate student, so there's a lot of maturity there. He plays a solid all-around game. He is a great teammate. He's out there in pressure situations, has done really well. And it could really help with the culture, like, you know, with with the AHL team, because you're bringing in a guy now that has won a championship. And that means something. It does. And I'm not saying this guy could be a long-term flyer. I don't know, but I've been tracking him for years. And I think there's enough there that would make him a good AHLer and a potential NHLer, seeing how, you know, if he continues to develop like he has, he had a really good year this year. These are the kinds of guys I like because uh, they're motivational guys, besides being good players, being good all around players. They've been well coached. You know, players can learn things from this player. Like, you know, this is a guy that would walk into the room and be, you know, like there's a, a a lot of respect that would come with this guy, and it's no disrespect to the other guy, the Flyers signed. But I, like I said, I just it just to me it felt like why did you do that when there were better players, or at least in my mind, right, better players, right, to do that same act with. You know, this would have been like you know just just think about it from this perspective, okay? Even if it was strictly PR, and this wouldn't be because I think he's much better than that. Even from a PR basis. If the Flyers put out that, hey, we've just signed Ethan to, you know, uh, right now it's a AHL deal to be determined for next year, uh, maybe something more. 
You know, you get the PR. He comes in from Quinnipiac. He's won a championship. How do you think fans feel about that? I think they would feel great about that. But with the other guy, they kind of slid him in under there. There was no message. There was no PR messaging at all. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, they signed another guy from Minnesota and they just kind of slid him in there. This one you could actually use as a tool. So what do you think his ceiling could be? And and like, what do you think he got out of that extra time playing in NCAA hockey that could maybe take him to a higher level than you would have thought before? He's definitely the kind of guy that could play the fourth line. But if he if he continues to develop, I think third line would be possible. It's a reach, but it's possible because he has those kinds of tools. He like he's a very heady player. And actually, he gave the quote when that set play worked um, for Quinnipiac that helped him win the championship. And he was like, you know, I can't believe that set play worked, but it did. And, and so, right. you know, but but he's that kind of player like he is the kind of player that can be on the ice and pull off a set play. You know, he scored an empty net goal in one of the games, but he st- he he scored it because he stole the puck and scored it and yeah. it. And so you need guys like this on a team that are very opportunistic. And that's what he is. And he's not going to be a 50-goal scorer or anything like that, but he's going to be very valuable. And I know the Flyers fans have this knee-jerk reaction, oh, no, or not another third or fourth liner, but this is a different kind of guy. This is more like a super hockey IQ kind of guy that could help out in the bottom six. And that's different than just getting a bottom six guy that, you know, pushes players around and is out there to cycle the puck and, you know, and hit a few guys way different. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about a couple of the plays he made in the frozen four and those were great plays. And I think that you add a little bit of extra onto what he did because it was in that high pressure situation in a key game and that, you know, he was able to do that set play. And yeah, I I mean, I watched both of those games and that empty net goal was not nothing. I mean, it was really an important goal to seal it against a really tough Michigan team. Because everybody was probably thinking Michigan could come back and he took the life out of them when he stole the puck and did it. And, and to me that, yeah, it was a key play, but I've been watching him his whole five years. Like he's a guy that's just been getting better every year. And so, Again, that's why I think this guy, if you'd you'd have brought him in, would just be a great symbolic gesture in the sense that he's a champion, he's a good player. Like they remember, they brought in players from Union. I mean, they did. It wasn't just Gostaspear. Sometimes you do that. Sometimes you bring in some winners, and you see, and you see what happens. But if nothing else, it doesn't hurt your locker room. No, and and what you get out of a two-way contract with a guy like him is that you have somebody who's motivated because he yeah. does have that two-way contract yeah. um, in a way that maybe if he just gets an NA or an AHL deal, it's a different scenario for him, right? And you know he wants eyes on on him, and he's a guy that's going to stand out in those moments. And yeah, he he could fill um, the same kind of role that like a Cooper Marodi is doing mm-hmm. by next year, he could fill that role and he's a younger guy. And, you know, and that's, that's my feeling. And my, what I would like to see this team do is yes, it's fine to have some of those veterans, but you only need a certain amount. And, you know, this guy's 23, he'll be 24. And 
those kinds of guys could help fuel you for the next few years and be like almost like coaches on the ice. Yeah. Exactly. He's the exact kind of guy you want in a bridge situation when yeah. you're trying to rebuild. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a hungry guy who's got some skills, who can be a leader on the ice, and he's going to carry you through this period, whatever it is. Yeah. In, in terms of the rebuild. All right. Well, uh, I certainly hope the Flyers will consider him or a, a guy like any him. Team. I, and, I just want to see him get signed. You know, and he could be a guy like, remember, like JT Brown got invited to camp, to camp, to camp, and then eventually mm -hmm. got a contract. He may go through that this summer. He may get invited to a bunch of camps, you know, to a bunch of rookie camps. And if nothing else, invite him to the rookie camp flyers. Uh, I would hope uh, he would be under consideration for that as well. All right. We are going to finish up today with your mailbag questions coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about last-minute tickets and flash deals. Plus, you can get views from your seats. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find the tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Also, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress of Game Time. With Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right. So one of my favorite uh, parts of our week is getting to your mailbag questions. And Brian uh wants to know what will it take to make the playoffs next season is that possible they're not making the playoffs next season it's just you know if i have to be that guy to tell you then sorry i'm that guy to tell you because you know there's a lot of hopes you got to hope sean couturier is healthy you got to hope cam atkins is healthy you got to hope that everybody that they brought up this year plays for the flyers and and they all stick and they all look perfect right out of the gate and that all carries through the whole year and nobody gets hurt Otherwise, they have no chance. I think so, too. I think, you know, it would be nice if they could take a step forward a little bit and get closer or at least be more consistent. Um, but again, it's really going to depend on the personnel. And I, there's just so many question marks there, like who's going to be on this team. It could be two thirds different than it was this past year. So it's kind of hard to say, I think, at this point uh, in terms of how much better they could potentially get. But that being said, I don't think they're making the playoffs either. Uh, Craig wants to know about the J. O'Brien situation. We already talked about how he's not going to sign with the Flyers, but Craig wants to know um, if it was on J. O'Brien's side that he didn't want to sign with the Flyers and wanted to test free agency. Is that the case? I mean, the way I read the tweet was that the Flyers weren't interested in signing him. And that's that was my feeling for like this whole season that they had no real interest in him. So I think if you're just getting into semantics, it really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I don't think they ever were going to sign him anyhow, whether he wanted to or not. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that one uh, 
bites the flyers down the road, but uh, versus whatever pick this turns out to right. be. And we still don't know for oh, sure. We won't if it's know for be a while. Pick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is a really fascinating one, Russ. Uh, Jordan, who is a Jets fan, was interested in maybe trading for Travis Sanheim or Ivan Provorov. What do you think a, a good return from Winnipeg would be for these guys? Or maybe Jordan wants to know what, you know, a cheap return would be in maybe getting rid of the least number of players as possible. Yeah. So interesting thing. Um, you know, I think because he's from out West, you know, maybe they would be interested in Sanheim, his long-term deal mm -hmm. kicked in and he has a no trade. So he would have to want to go there. Uh, but I think you right. still have to do it over the summer before it kicks in. I think you could do it at the draft. Yeah. So who who would they be looking for? Um, you know, one guy who really has kind of gotten lost in the shuffle here is Vili Hainola, a really good defenseman. Mm -hmm. He's 22 years old. He was with the club very early on in 2020-21, and, and they, they rushed him. There's no question. But he's got talent. He can move the puck. He can score a bit. That's one guy who, um, if you want to do that, do Hainola and, and a pick. I would be interested in that because at least you're getting younger and and you're getting a guy right. that has um, good talent. If you didn't do that, um, I would tell you that just going over everybody, it, it, again, if you wanted to do Brad Lambert, I would do that trade. I mean, Lambert's you know, got three points in 14 games for the eight and for the Moose, but – um, he's still only 19. It's going to take a lot of development time if they feel like this playoff this year um, didn't go the way they wanted and they need to get another veteran. Then give me Brad Lambert and a pick and I'll do it. Yeah, I'm wondering um, if like a Rucker McGordy would be yeah, reaching too high. Yeah, I don't think they would trade him. Yeah. I really liked him. Yeah, last year, so I didn't even mention him because I don't think they would even consider it. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I got got to throw it out there, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's somebody in the Jet system that I really like. But I, I do like Brad Lambert as well. Um, he's signed right now yeah. to his his ELC as is Chaz Lucius, another guy who yeah. I really yeah, like. Lucius, but the they're, Jets not, aren't, they're not trading Lucius. They're not trading well, He has for been sure. injury prone. That's the only thing. So you, maybe you don't want him right now either because you don't know. All right. Well, Jordan, I don't know if a, a good deal is in there unless it's, you know, for picks. Right. Um, which, which is possible. And depending on how Winnipeg does in the playoffs, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, the last question comes from our friend Brandon, and he wants to know who we could look forward to seeing turn pro next year and playing for the Phantoms as far as the prospects in the system. You know, he mentions Emil Andre and Ethan Sampson. And Sampson is somebody who's signed his ELC, but it's not starting till next year. You can't so, pick him up. He, he needs AHL time. Mm -hmm. uh, Andre needs more AHL time, but it's possible um, if he has a great playoff run here, he could make camp. So he's he's a possibility. Forster is a possibility. Beyond that, I mean, look, Ali Lixo could play at the NHL level if there was a coach that was willing to let him play for 10 games straight with some real line mates for those 10 games. But he's not going to get that chance, so I don't think he can do it. Gendron and Avon need much more time. Like, they're not even... 
Yeah, it's, this next year for you. That's what I want to point out. Don't be seduced by Gendron's points. The Q is a different league. When you get to the AHL, you're not scoring the same way you did in the Q. Just know that. Yeah, I think J.R. Avon is somebody who absolutely needs to start with the Phantoms, but I yeah. think he could make rapid progress in a year. I yeah, think you know he could he could uh, have a similar you know path as Tyson Forster in terms of the pro- progress he's made mm-hmm. over the course of this year. I think I, I would hope to see that because Avon really impressed me at the last camp he went to. Like I thought he was pretty close then. And when, so he went back and got an extra year. I mean, I think he's really primed um, to, as long as he has a good summer and comes into camp prepared, I think um, he could surprise a lot of people. Do you have any thoughts about Isaac Radcliffe having 15 points in 18 games for Milwaukee? Um, Change of scenery probably did him good and getting in the lineup more regularly. People comes in NHL regular where you feel the same way. Um, well, I, that just, you know, extends off of that, right? You get more opportunities. You've had a change of scenery. I, I mean, I think that it is a combination of. You still didn't love the know, way the, that whole thing went down without getting an asset. No, not at all. That's been um, lost in but, the whole this year scrambly situation of the Flyers. Yeah, I think, I, I do think that, you know, his development just didn't go right this year for some reason. Mm-hmm. And. And I'm going to be happy for him no matter where he ends up as long as he does well, because I think he deserves it. Yep, agreed. All right, that will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We will uh, really just like recap the season in addition to the game against the Blackhawks. We'll have our end of season hot takes, quick reactions to the season that was. Uh, As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you've got a mailbag question you want us to answer, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen today. Now make your next listen game to game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. It's on the Lockdown NHL feed anywhere you get your podcasts. Have a great day.